Good evening. Even with the rain, I think there's a little lake up by the, that, where we, that we come by. And I, I mentioned it to Katie as we were coming by it. I said, I think that lake has raised at least two inches, that rain we had today. I'm glad to be here. At my age, I'm glad to be anywhere. <laughs> Let's begin with prayer. Spirit of God, break me, mold me, fill me, Lord, use me, minister to the hearts and the lives of my beloved friends here. I can't, you can, I give it all to you, and I trust you to take over completely and have your way. And I thank you for what you're going to do in hearts and lives. I ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved me and gave himself for me, who promised that if I ask anything in his name, he would do it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've never broken a promise. And I can count on you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Uh, I don't necessarily have a text to start with. I realize that's probably a sin, but uh, it's the way it goes. However, there will be a number of opportunities for you to turn your pages in your Bible. I want to talk to you tonight about uh, walking with God. Walking with God. What does it mean to actually walk with God? What does it mean? It actually, it means, it really has to do with the practice of the presence of God in all that we do, in all that we say, in all that we think. For example... For a mother, walking with God might mean changing a diaper or cooking a dinner. For a farmer, it might mean plowing a field or milking a cow. For a preacher, it means simply preaching the Word of God. You see, God's presence is with us always, and so consequently, we can be living our life with him step by step as he walks with us. And I want to remind you, we walk with him. He doesn't walk with us. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, we do not dictate to him where we're going, how we're going to get there, how fast, how slow, or whatever we are walking with him. He marks it out for us. He has control of our lives. He leads us. He directs us. Every morning when I get up, when I start my day, 
I have a quiet time. I hope you do. If you don't, you're missing out on something wonderful. And when I have my quiet time, one of the things that, the, one of the things that I always do is ask God, Lord, please let me walk with you today. I want to walk with you. that I might walk with him. But really, what does it mean to walk with God? Now, walking with God really has to do with living with God, living in God. Now, let me say this right off the, right, right off the reel. If you're here without Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can't walk with God. You are walking with Satan. So I would suggest right now, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are still in your sins, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can you imagine that? So it really means just living in the presence of the Lord. Uh, I asked him, I might walk with him. And this walking with God is not some mystic activity that uh, is only for a few Christians, a few special people. It's for every Christian. If If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, it's for you. You can walk with God if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's something that every Christian can enjoy, but is required, it is required for every child of God who wants to really have rest and peace and joy, victory and fellowship with God. I want that, don't you? I'm sure you do. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament speaks about this matter of having of walking with God in many, many places. It gives many, many illustrations of, uh, of that which is, for example, you know, and you can turn to Genesis chapter 5, if you will. Uh, Genesis chapter 5 and uh, verse uh, 7. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. For God took him. It's a walk that, uh, that is a walk of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5 and 6, we read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch walked with God. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, that he should not see death, and was not found, was not found because God had had translated him. For he had this testimony that he trusted 
that he pleased God. But it's impossible to please him But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If we are to live in a way that is pleasing to God, we must live by faith and not by sight. We must live by faith and not by sight. Many of us have the same attitude as Thomas had. Except I can see the print of the nails, put my finger in the nail, in the print of the nails. Except I can see, I will not believe. Beloved, Seeing is not believing. However, believing is seeing. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seeing. Seeing is not believing. We have to recognize that so, so often we have the idea, well, if I can see it, if I can feel it, I'm, I'm, there, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I can, I can stand by. No, you really don't, really don't get to know God by seeing. How many of you have ever seen God? Nobody. Because you and I cannot stand in the presence of God in our present condition. Because we have to take, accept what he says to us By faith, seeing is not believing. Faith is trusting what we may, what we cannot see. Can you trust God? Can you trust God? The life that really is pleasing to God is a life of total, absolute belief that what God has promised, he can and he will do. He's never failed. Uh, Let me just show that to you for a moment. I have trouble a lot of times going to sleep at night. So, there's a promise that God has given that I claim. I'll I'll quote the whole section. Except the Lord keep the house, except the Lord build the house, they that build it cannot, they, I'm not going to quote it, am I? (laughs) Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord Keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Now, beloved, I'm his beloved. How do you know that? Because the scripture says that I am accepted in the beloved, so therefore I am the beloved. 
I am beloved. And as a beloved, I can claim that promise. He giveth his beloved sleep. And I quote that every night when I get to bed. I just, I just say, say, I was going to say, I don't, I, we don't remind God of anything because he doesn't forget anything. So I just talk to the Lord and I say, Lord, you promised to give me sleep, so put me to sleep now. And he does it. And I go to sleep. And I wake up early. <laughs> but I, I go to sleep. God keeps his promise. See, that's faith. Faith is not feeling. Faith is not seeing. Faith is believing. Whatever God said he will do, he will do. It tells me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. How many of you, when you are walking down the street or walking uh, in the church or wherever you happen to be walking, how many of you uh, look at your feet while you're walking? If you do, you'll probably fall over. You don't do that. You just trust See, what you're trusting is that your body is going to respond to move that foot that way and this foot and that foot. That is trusting God. That's what it means to trust God. It's the same thing. It's not what I'm doing. It's not what I'm seeing. It's not what I'm feeling. It's what I believe. Amen? How many of you are still awake? I was afraid of that. So we walk by faith, not by sight. So first of all, walking with God is a walk of faith. It's a walk of faith. Secondly, it is a walk in the Spirit. That is, it is living our lives under the control of the indwelling Holy Spirit of God. Now, I said earlier that if you were not saved, you can't walk with God because it takes the indwelling Spirit of God to lead you and to direct you and walk with you. And you don't have the indwelling Spirit of God until you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And the very moment that you trust Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, moves in and never leaves you. Never leaves you. That's what God said. See, trusting in our education, trusting in our talent, trusting in our abilities, trusting in our f flesh of any kind will ultimately result in failure. Ultimately result in failure as Paul recognized in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, <clears throat> Paul said, for I know, Romans chapter 7, verse 18, he said, for I know that in me there dwelleth no good thing. And then he goes on to say how he tried to do this and couldn't do it, tried to do that. He does absolutely the opposite. And as a result of that, he came to the place in uh, the 24th verse of that 7th chapter, he came to the place 
of saying, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, period. That's the answer. That's the answer. Romans chapter 8 and verse 8 says, So then, they that are in the flesh, that is, they that live their lives trusting in their own ability, they that live in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we are to really to, if we are to walk under the control of the spirit of God, we must recognize that all that I have is not mine. I don't own anything. I was talking to Brother Burgess earlier. His friend had died, and he's now he's the executor of his estate. And uh, we were talk, talking about those things out in the lobby. And uh, we recognized that that uh, brother who has gone home has let go of everything. You know what? If we are going to please God, if we are going to walk with God, if we're going to walk under the control of the Holy Spirit of God, for that's what it means to be walking in the Spirit, we must come to the place of just emptying ourselves of everything. All that we have has only been loaned to us. It's not ours to keep. We're going to leave it behind. I have never seen a hearse going by with a U-Haul trailer attached to the back of it. Have you? No, you don't. Somebody, somebody said when uh, John D. Rockefeller died, somebody said, how much did he leave? And the answer was, he left everything. That's what it is. We don't have it. It's not ours. It's been loaned to us. And so therefore, why not just surrender it back to the one it belongs to? Unconditionally. Not holding on, not saying, oh yes, I'll give you this, Lord, but not that. All our rights all our possessions all our desires all our hopes young people you want to get married give it to God. He'll take care of it. All of those must be surrendered totally and completely unconditionally without holding back in the to the Lord in our open hands. Now you knew that was coming, didn't you? In our open hands. Why? Because to live like this is to being result in frustration and agony and crit, uh, critical problems, difficulties. But to live like this, with God having everything that you hold dear, you're just giving it to Him. And as a result of that, as a result of that, if he takes it, 
it doesn't matter. If he leaves it, it doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? So we have to surrender completely. Submission of every thought, every word, every deed to the Holy Spirit's control will result in victory even if you don't like the circumstances. I've been there a lot of times. And I can say that's true. You must make that decision to walk in the Spirit in spite of circumstances, in spite of problems, in spite of anything that may come down your way. So to walk with God is a walk of faith. It's a walk in the Spirit. Number three, it is a careful walk. We're uh, warned in a number of places in the uh, Scripture to test the spirits whether they are of God. We need to be careful about our choice of friends, our choice of ministerial associations, a choice of how and where we spend our money, our time, our choice of entertainment, As we walk with God in faith and in the Spirit, we will be empowered. The Spirit of God will empower us to accomplish all that is His. Not necessarily all that is ours, but all that is His. And all that is his will satisfy you. It really will. I know. I've been there. I'm still there. I don't know how long I'm going to be there. (laughs) But I'm still there. It empowers us to accomplish all that he has planned for us. Remember, you are walking with him. He knows the destination. And listen. If you walk with God, you'll get to the right destination every time. Every time you'll get to the right destination. Seek his will. As you seek his will and walk with him, his will for us will be satisfactory. I've been so emotionally caught up lately with the Jesus prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. As man, and you know he was the God-man, as man, he cringed at what he knew was coming to him. I would too, wouldn't you? And yet he knew that the Father's will for him was to go through with that crucifixion, that horrible, I can't imagine, spitting on him, spitting in his face, slapping him, punching him, 
giving the scourge on him and so forth. I can't imagine it. And as he knew that that was what was coming to him, the nails, the crown of thorns, the mocking, when he knew that, as he knew that that was coming to him, he cringed at that as a man. But as God, he knew that if he was going to be pleasing to the Father, he must accept what the Father had, Father's will was for him. So must you and I. No matter how we dislike what we may have to do, we've got to do it. God's will for me right now in the last uh, four or five years, I guess it's been, God's will for me has been to not have a pulpit ministry, as it were. I love people. I think you know that. And I love to talk to people about the Lord Jesus Christ. For most of my life as a Christian, I've done door-to-door visitation. I've called on people. I've talked to people about Jesus Christ. And I can't do that anymore. But what I can do God has given me to do. I can't do it, and I recognize that's God's will for me, and so therefore I accept that as his will in spite of the fact that I'd rather be doing what I've been doing for years. And I thank him that he's given me another ministry. I can write. I can't see, but I can write. And I thank him for that. That's, and I, I, that's not anything I despise. I enjoy it. I've got, I'm working right now. I'm working on a uh, uh, booklet, I guess it'll be, a booklet uh, on, on uh, the presence of God. I, 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 I just trust God to lead me and to direct me. I don't know what I'm doing. And somebody says, that's obvious, you know. (laughs) See then that you walk circumspectly. Don't walk just any way you want to. You've got to walk carefully. You've got to be careful. You've got to walk carefully. There are many, many enemies that will act like friends, but they're liars. Be careful. Walk carefully. Now, there are many, many other instances of walking with God in the scriptures and what it means and how it's done. For example, in Ephesians chapter... I'm just going to look at some... uh, Scripture verses in in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Walk worthy. Walk worthy. What's that mean? That means remember who you are and whose you are. Walk 
worthy of the calling that you've received. Are you a Christian? Live the Bible Christian way. Not your own ideas. Walk worthy of your calling. Whose are you? You're his. Walk like a child of God. Live like a child of God. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2 says, Walk in love. In other words, apply the love of God to, every, to all that you say and all that you do to everyone you come in contact with. You say, wait a minute, I can't do that. I know, I can't either. But Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 tells me that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that's given to us. We have the love of God. And what was the love of God like? The love of God took Jesus Christ to the cross of Calvary. Walk in love. All you say and do, just allow him to have his way. And then in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, five Romans chapter 5, verse 5, I already quoted that for you. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Spirit that's given to us. In uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, As children of light, walk as children of light. What's that mean? That means to be honest, to be upright, to exercise integrity. God said of Job, when he was talking to Satan, he said, have you observed my servant Job? Although you have led me to allow you to destroy him in every way, yet he, in, he retains his integrity. He's still honest. He's still upright. He doesn't turn according to the way the wind is blowing. Walk in the walk as children of light. It's interesting. Folks, I've only scratched the surface. In the, in the epistles of Paul, from Romans through Hebrews, there are at least 29 different references that define what walking with God is. Look them up. Practice them. Your walk with God will be clearer as you spend time in the Word. Your walk will be made, made clear to you as you not only read the Word, but as you listen to the Word and as you obey the Word, seeking His will, His will, not yours in prayer. Take time. Take time just to be alone with him. Just to allow him to speak to you. We're in such a hurry. We're in too much of a hurry. 
we're in such a hurry, we've got so much business going on, that we don't take time. Take time. Years ago, when I was still at the college, Dr. Beale, the president, was busier than a one-armed paper hanger in a windstorm. And I told him, I said, uh, Elton, you've got to slow down. You've got to take time. Well, he said, yeah, you know, you've always got an excuse why you've got to keep going. And uh, I had that when I was in the pastorate. I was the same thing. All, constantly, everything's got to go. And uh, my wife somewhere found a little plaque about this big. It didn't say, didn't have, it wasn't a whole verse or anything like that. It just had, it was a picture of a sunset with a small sailboat in the center of a calm lake. And there were just two words on the bottom of the plaque. Take time. Take time. I took that plaque after my wife was gone. I took that plaque and took it in and put it on Alton's desk. I said, you need this. Take time. It says in uh, Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. We're too busy. We got our iPhone and our iPad and uh, every other kind of eye. It's interesting that it's I. I realize what it stands for, but I'm just wondering if it isn't just, isn't just standing for me personally. It's mine, 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 I. Stop! I don't know of any business that you can be in, any job, any place that you can work, where you can't stop for five minutes or ten minutes and just think about God. Let God talk to you. Be still and know you'll never really know what it means to walk with God and have the blessings and the power and the rest until you stop. You ought to take some time alone, just alone, completely. Get the kids in their playroom, away from everything, and just take time alone with God. Take time alone. Your walk with God will be clearer as you stop and listen. Oswald J. Smith was a pastor for 50 years, over 50 years, up in uh, Toronto, Canada. He was a missionary. He had been a missionary. He was a missionary statesman. And Oswald J. Smith, and I think I've mentioned this before here, Oswald J. Smith was a songwriter. He wrote some 100 hymn poems and some some melodies to go along with them. But Oswald Smith wrote... I'm not going to sing it. 
I sing it every night in my mind and when I go to bed. He wrote, I have walked alone with Jesus in a fellowship divine. Nevermore can earth allure me. I am his and he is mine. I have seen him. I have known him for he deigns to walk with me. And the glory of his presence shall be mine eternally. Oh, the glory of his presence. Oh, the beauty of his face. I am his and his forever. He has won me by his grace. The last verse says, In the darkness, in the shadows, I have walked alone, I've walked alone with God. Sweet indeed the lessons since I've learned to walk with God. His son Paul told how he wrote that. He said, He wrote this at a time when he was terribly discouraged, when he was living in defeat, when he was depressed. He wrote that. Can you imagine? Can you do the same? I think so. I think so. So are you walking with him? Are you walking with him? If not, Why not make the changes so they'll get you back in step with the one who loves you and is the only one who knows the way you should walk. Would you bow your heads, please? And stop.